Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Let's Go with Julio podcast. I'm a tech marketer turned leadership coach on a mission to educate, inspire, and empower you to unlock your best, most authentic self as a leader. If you're ready to confront the hard things getting in the way of your success in a way that's real and honest and loving, then you're in the right place because you can and you will. Let's go. I am so excited for today's episode. I spent last week in Baja, Mexico at a lovely retreat center slash school called the Modern Elder Academy, founded by a couple of really fantastic people, one of them being Chip Conley. Chip is a real mentor and an inspiration for me. I met him first at Airbnb when I started, Chip having run a very successful hotel business called Joie de Vivre. You know, he lived and slept and breathed hospitality, and so Airbnb took him in as an advisor as a strategic thinker, as a hospitality maven. I remember meeting him in the courtyard area of the Airbnb office. He had this beautiful big sombrero on and he was walking around. I introduced myself and of course we went out to lunch and I knew there was something different about him and I knew that I could learn a lot from him and just the way that he would ask questions, stay curious, be present, and really offer lots of wisdom every time he got up on stage and spoke at an all hands. It so happens that he left Airbnb and moved into an advisory role so that he can create a retreat center, a school in Baja called the Modern Elder Academy. And it's the first of two locations. There's another location being built in Santa Fe. And the intention of this school is to invite people who are at some point in their midlife transition. The age is not the important part. What's important is the material is designed in such a way that it allows you to be able to learn from all the different great wisdom, traditions, and texts, and teachers, and to use it in this space to help figure out how you navigate life when you're in a transition. And I went because I'm going through a transition. You know, I left a corporate job. This business is growing faster than I could have ever imagined. And I want to make sure that I build a solid foundation and that I don't burn myself out again. So I'm going through this transition with intention and I'm making sure that I put myself in positions to learn lessons from those who are older and wiser and more established. So that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go. Another one is I wanted to reconnect with Chip Conley. I really look to him for guidance and inspiration as I step into my power and figure out what is my message and what is my gift and offering to the world. So I wanted to spend a week with him and learn from the master, learn from the best. The last reason is because there was a special faculty guest. That's another awesome thing about this uh, academy is almost every other week, there is a guest lecturer and typically it is somebody who is a wise elder and who comes for the week to teach. In this case, I wanted to learn meditation from Light Watkins. Those of you may know him. He's pretty popular on Instagram, and he is such a beautiful, present spirit, and he teaches meditation in a way that really speaks to me. 
and has really served me, so I wanted to spend the week with him and get to know him and learn from him, be a student of this work, recognizing that in this pivot in my life, I'm playing the long game here. Like I'm going to be doing this kind of work for the rest of my life. It may not always be podcasting. It may not always be one-on-one coaching, but it's evolving and it's growing and I'm leaning into it. So I wanted to be in the space of light. Frankly, I was the youngest one there and I loved it. One, because I love being around older people. I consider it an honor and a privilege to be amongst people who have had life experience and can share that experience and the lessons with me. And also, it was a reminder from the universe that you are the company you keep. And I'm going to keep spending my time around these people because I know that I get a lot of value out of being fully present and alive with others and learning from people who have had, who are all made of strength and struggle. So there were so many takeaways, and I jotted down a few of them that really stuck with me that I want to inhabit. And I wanted to just go through them line by line in hopes that it may help you in whatever transition you're in in your life. So that's the goal of this episode. That's what we're going to do here. The first lesson from my time at MEA is that we all go through some sort of midlife transition. Oftentimes we call it a crisis, a midlife crisis. Brene calls it a midlife unraveling. It's that moment where the universe pulls you close and whispers in your ear, I'm not fucking around anymore. You are halfway to dead. And that armor that you have built and put on to protect yourself as you got older is no longer serving you. And it's time to release it so that you can let go of who you think you need to be and embrace who you really are. But my first lesson here is that it's not a crisis. It's a chrysalis. This is what Chip talks about. This is what they start with at MEA, that perhaps it's not a midlife crisis, but instead it's a midlife chrysalis. What does that mean? There comes a moment in the life of a caterpillar where a few weeks before it's turning into a cocoon, it eats as much as it can, takes in all the resources, and then that part of its life dies and it turns into this chrysalis where it mutates over a period of time into this beautiful butterfly. And then eventually when the butterfly comes out, its wings are wet and so it falls to the ground and it has to learn how to fly. In many ways, this is a beautiful metaphor of what so many of us are going through right now. We have a midlife chrysalis happening and so many of us are trying to navigate what it means to be in that space. Something that was said that I jotted down is that this is the transition from the ego to the soul and your soul's work. And the challenge with making this upgrade to the operating system is that there's no operating manual for this. You upgrade to this operating system and you don't know how to necessarily make the transition. And the work to be done here is to acknowledge that you're in the chrysalis and to acknowledge that This is a time in your life that's worth investing in and figuring out how to navigate that chrysalis. Another lesson for me coming out of this is I'm not behind, but actually I'm right on time. I think it's easy in our generation and our world to get caught up in 
scrolling through your phone, looking at your friends or your competitors, I call them competitors, you know, looking at looking to your left, looking to right and getting overwhelmed thinking you're not moving fast enough. How easy it is for our shame monster to remind us that you're not moving fast enough and you're not good enough for this work. But I'm not behind. I consider myself fortunate that I have been through a lot of failure and I have gotten the lessons and I'm using those lessons. I have crystallized the learning and now I'm using it. It's wisdom that I use to share with others. And so every time I feel like I'm falling behind, I have to kindly and gently come back to my heart and remind myself that I'm right on time, that I'm exactly where I need to be doing exactly what I need to be doing. And guess what? So are you. Can you believe that you are exactly where you need to be doing exactly what you need to be doing? Who would you be? What would you do if you truly believed that thought? Man, I felt that last week. You know, a lot of us are in this chrysalis and we're forcing it. You need to come out in three months and six months and nine months, whatever that is. We're setting these parameters, but the truth is, is it's not happening on your time. You do not get to decide when you are ready. The universe decides. That which is greater than yourself decides. And I really feel that way with this business. It took me about 18 months to fully get to a point where I realized, okay, this is it. I'm doubling down. I'm going all in. This is real. It took me 18 months. That's a long time. I remember getting to month nine thinking, shit, what am I going to do? But my heart voice, as Light Watkins likes to call it, that intuition, I like to call it that spiritual GPS, the part of you that knows what's true always, said, keep going, keep going. And at the 18th month mark, everything started to shift. But it took me a minute. The visual that comes to mind for me is I'm in the chrysalis. I'm not out of it yet. But you know what? I can start to see my wings I can start to see the patterns on my wings and the colors starting to take shape. I can start to feel the formation of the left wing and the right wing. And that is what this podcast is doing for me. It's helping me realize, wow, look at what you can do. Look at the way in which you can use your energy and your ability to weave words together, weave words of wisdom <laughs> together and do it in such a way that it may touch another person. That's real, meaningful connection. Another lesson was this idea of the great midlife edit. I love that, the great midlife edit, where you write well, but you edit often. Esther Perel talks about this as well, writing well, but editing often that we accumulate and we move so fast in our lives that we have to sometimes pause and edit certain things in our life so that we can be clear with what is true for us. Similarly, it's about the derobing of your identity. You know, how many masks do we wear? We have this image that we have to uphold. Some of you have actually shared with me how inspiring the first episode was because you didn't expect that Julio, however confident he may look, actually went through the struggle that I went through. And that's why I titled it The Me You Can't See. And that's why it was such an important 
way to start the podcast because I wanted to be real about what's really going on and the hard things that get in the way of our success. We talk a lot about successes, but I don't think we talk enough about failures. And that brings me to the next lesson, which is our failures are our greatest moments of meaning making. When you look back at your life, almost always you can point to a difficult circumstance and the lessons that have come from that circumstance. You know, I got to say, I'm, I was frustrated at the time of being abandoned by my dad growing up in high school and him asking me to leave, but it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me looking back because last week I was in this room with all of these wise elders because I had to grow up fast, because I had to bootstrap myself and start making money and moving my life forward because I knew early on that I was responsible for my life, nobody else but me. And so I now find myself in spaces with others and I continue to sequester the knowledge and the passion and the fruits and the wisdom and use it to help me in my life. And then I'm here sharing it with you to help you. How beautiful is that? There's something powerful about turning towards your story, owning it, and being able to speak about it from a place of peace, not powerlessness, not from a wounded place, but from a peaceful place. The story can no longer hide. It has to come out and it must be released. And what happens when that you do that is you feel lighter. There's less clutter and more clarity. It creates room to expand your heart and allow new lessons and new growth to open yourself up to more joy and more accomplishment. I learned during this week that you don't just arrive at your purpose. You know, you don't open the right door and all of a sudden it's there. Purpose is actually a daily act. It's a daily act that is tied to how you are living from your values and following your curiosity. And when you follow your curiosity, it takes you to your purpose. We expect it to just come. The challenge is, is when you're moving fast, you can't find it. You got to get still. And that was a real takeaway for me, a reminder that my purpose here is in every move that I make, is in how I'm living my life and the values of which I hold dear and how I operate from those values. That's how you move in the direction of purpose. You don't arrive at it or write it down on a whiteboard and that's it. It's not as black and white. It's a daily practice. We talked a lot about the fixed versus the growth mindset. Fixing being I need to prove. Growth meaning I need to improve. So there's proving and then there's improving. I love that framework and I wanted to share that because how often it is for us when we get comfortable or secure or we start to feel really safe in where we're at, the fixed mindset can creep in in order to protect us and to keep what we have. But the truth is, is the only consistent is change. And particularly when you're in a transition with a fixed mindset, you risk stress and anxiety and depression and struggle because you're trying to prove as opposed to improving. And so the week talked a lot about the importance of having this growth mindset, a beginner's mindset. 
We broke up into teams and we all had to bake bread in the morning and present it and, and decide what ingredients were in it. And it was this beautiful exercise. We did the same with surfing. And it was a beautiful exercise intended to push you to engage your beginner's mindset, recognizing that if you had never made bread before, of course it's going to be uncomfortable. Of course it's going to be new. Of course you're not going to get it perfect the first time. But that's the magic of it. Embracing a beginner's mindset and recognizing that you're always a beginner. We're always learning and growing and leaning into what's next. I thought that was beautiful, a beautiful tool that I can take with me as I navigate this entrepreneurial journey and want to make sure that I stay in a growth mindset, asking myself, am I trying to prove right now or am I trying to improve? I loved that. Another lesson was the recognition that I'm not the only one with a shame monster in my head. You know, that warm wash of inadequacy that comes over me that says, who the hell do you think you are or that I'm not good enough? That gremlin, that monster is way too common for me. It's reduced itself in the past 24 months, but it's still there. It doesn't go away. And every time I bump up against a new challenge, I still feel it. And I got to tell you, it was nice to be in this room with a bunch of people who also struggle with the shame monster. And it's just a reminder to keep doing the work to remember that you just being here makes you worthy. You just having your breath makes you worthy. And the hustle for worthiness and belonging is what drives us to be exhausted, is what drives us to get burnt out, is that we're constantly hustling for our worth as opposed to believing that we're worthy and operating from that space. Another learning was recognizing and claiming the phrase, the feeling of burnout, because that's actually what I was doing at my jobs. I was burning myself out and I will never do that again. I recognized that I didn't want to use the term burnout because I had this story in my head that I don't do that, you know, only losers burn out. Like if you burned out, it means you're not managing your energy correctly. I recognized that that was a protective story that I was burning myself out by trying to be perfect, by always trying to prove myself and by always trying to perform and make sure that I was exceeding expectations. I will tell you, as you probably know, that's exhausting and it isn't sustainable. How many of us are in jobs that we hate, we've lost connection to our purpose, and we're running around dysregulating and perhaps numbing because we don't want to feel and face the reality of what's actually before us and what's happening. We as leaders, particularly high achievers, have to learn how to slow down. Another lesson that came up, this was the first week where they experimented with alcohol-free and I thought that was really beautiful and helpful. In fact, I think most of the class agreed with that because it caused us to be mindful of where we numb and we buffer. How often do we numb and buffer with substances or with work or with food? Distractions that keep us away from the difficult emotions getting in the way of our success. So I think having no alcohol was powerful. I felt clean, I felt pure alive. Everyone came into class connected and present. And I think that made a real difference in helping to cultivate safety and trust and allow us to go deep. Having an alcohol-free week and a phone-free for me, not everybody, but I decided to also relinquish my phone 
And what an exercise to take yourself out of ways that it's easy to numb and distract and to have to sit with yourself. I challenge you to consider trying something like this and just experiment and see what happens. It really helps you get clear and understand yourself better when you are not around distractions or ways to buffer or numb. Another lesson from Light Watkins, how many of us think that time is your most precious resource? Well, I don't think it is. I think he's right. I think it's not time, but it's actually presence. 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 How many of us are here, but not really here? You know what I'm talking about. You probably have people in your life who are with you, but they're not really with you. Man, that came out so strong last week. Being with 22 people for a whole week, working through a curriculum and a schedule that had us doing all kinds of things. Wow, the power of presence. It is such a limited resource today. Being able to cultivate more presence is such a powerful skill for you as a leader that has cascading effects throughout your life, personal and professional. Your capacity to stay present to the moment right here, right now, that is precious. And one way you do that is by paying attention. What's another way to pay attention? Meditate. This is a game changer that all of us can benefit from. We deserve to slow down. It's not about the time, it's about the presence. I thought that was so powerful, presence. And you know it when you see it and you can feel it. I really took away the importance of using power for purpose. I mean, come on, gosh, Chip, the man could retire and not work another day in his life. And yet here he is providing this beautiful service to so many people, thousands of MEA alum who have been through this process and who leave feeling lighter and more connected to themselves and more clear in where they want to go in life. It really humbled me to the joy that is derived from using your power for purpose. I want to make sure that however my business grows, that I stay connected to the purpose and I don't let my ego or the power or the money or the status or whatever take away from the original intention of this work. So that was a nice reminder for me. You know, I noticed there was one or two people that I started to move into judgment based on what they were sharing and based on how they were showing up. And I realized wherever there was a moment of my judgment, there was an opportunity for me to go inwards and get curious around why that was bothering me. And I realized that I was in judgment for certain people. At least I'm not as bad as that. And I thought, ah, oh, interesting. This is a learning opportunity here. How can you find empathy for somebody who's also on their journey? It's not fair of you to cast judgment on somebody. They're, they're just at a different place in the journey and they need the love to continue going. You know, behind every face is a story of strength and struggle. There were so many people who have so much going on, getting divorced in your 70s, in a straining marriage in your 50s, worried about the next job in your 60s, you know, whatever it is, everybody's on their journey. Can you find within yourself the empathy and kindness and non-judgment to be with other people in your life without moving into 
hostile energy? Can you seek first to understand that really it's not about what's wrong, it's about what happened? What happened to this person that got them to behave this way? Not what's wrong with them, but what happened to them? Because we all have a story. Another lesson, it's okay to ask for help. You know, when you have a pure heart and a, and a pure sense of intention, people want to see you rise. They want to help you meet the occasion. I think for me, learning early that I had to do it all. I could do it all. I didn't need anybody's help. That was a badge of honor for me as a young man that I didn't need anybody's help. I could do everything that I wanted to do. I could get into the companies. I could make the money without needing anybody's help. But what I now recognize is that was the path to burnout because I do need help. I can't do this alone. None of us can. We are inherently social beings. We are made to be in meaningful connection with one another. And it is brave of us to ask for help. And I'm leaving this week recognizing the importance of asking for help and the power in being in this space because I now have 21 friends who love me and see me and support me and want to watch me rise. All 21 of you, thank you for holding space. Thank you for all of your beautiful wisdom and support. I really appreciate the time that we spent together and I will hold it in my heart and cherish that moment. And my hope is, is that by sharing this, other people are inspired to find this time for themselves because we're all on the journey, y'all. We're all on the journey to heal and to harness the strength and the wisdom that comes from the healing process. And in a world that is moving faster than our capacity to manage, in a world where we move from calendar item to calendar item, and we live from a place of scarcity. We go to bed not having done enough. We wake up not having had enough sleep. To find time in our days to slow down and get still is really a precious gift. So many of us have been through so much hardship. This is when you enter the chrysalis. It's time to realize that there's an opportunity to heal. Everybody deserves time to slow down and get still and ask life's most important questions, like who am I and why am I here and how do I do it? Part of the beauty of, of taking time to go away and attend one of these, you take yourself out of the day-to-day -day of your current life and you are forced to sit with yourself in a new environment with people you don't know and new insights come up, new ideas come up that can serve you if you let them. For anyone who really resonates with this message right now, then maybe this is your whisper to take some time off. Consider it a vacation. Consider it uh, an investment in yourself. Consider it an opportunity for you to do the inner work while being in a beautiful location, while being amongst other beautiful people also on the journey. I love this. These are like my vacations these days. <laughs> Retreats. If you want to visit the Modern Elder Academy, it's just modernelderacademy.com. Uh, Chip Conley has a daily blog called The Wisdom Well. I highly recommend you sign up for that. Check out the courses. Let me know what questions you have. Also, check out Light Watkins. 
He's light walk-ins on Instagram. He's a wonderful meditation teacher and his new book, Spiritual Minimalism, really gives you a nice set of principles to try operating your life by that can help you in transition, can help you with all parts of life. And I think that's it. Let me know what resonated. Please rate and review us. Share us with your team, your friends. Thank you all. I love you. I see you. Appreciate you being here. Let's go, baby. 